Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Jank Think Tank, where we discuss all things Magic the Gathering, whether it be cards, combos, or deck tanks. Today, as usual, I have my friend Josh with me. Oh, I got to go the other side. Woo! What's up, buddy? Oh, no, you're that way. You're that way. It's, it's opposite. Like, Dude, I, I was confused. I, left, I was but lost in right. a dungeon. <laughs> uh, you know, I was venturing in a dungeon, and, and those down. dungeons get what happens in the dungeon stays, stays in, the dungeon. in the dungeon. Right? Oh, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> we know that's a bull face lie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, today we are going to be discussing uh, where the dungeon mechanic comes from. The uh, blah, 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 Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. I was about to say Adventure in the Forgotten Realms. And that's not right at all. Adventures Whoops. in the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. But uh, for those who don't know, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms is the Dungeons and & Dragons and uh, Magic the Gathering crossover that they've done recently with this last set. Lots of great cards from it. And today we're just going to be discussing our top five favorites, plus some honorable mentions, uh, as usual. Um, let's just jump right into it then. Okay. Actually, you know what? You know what? First, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you this. How are you doing today, Josh? I I am figuring out what side I'm doing. I'm good. A little <laughs> tired. Played some Commander last night. Got to run my Squirrel Tribal deck, although I went up against a rogue deck that just milled us all so i didn't get a full playthrough of the way that i wanted um I, yeah. i'm still slightly salty they milled away my sword of dungeons and dragons and earl of <laughs> squirrel um i was so excited to use that now if you guys have never seen uh seen those cards they're silver border cards pretty cool they're pretty um cool. and so it's not and, legal, but in my yeah. play group, they love the idea of how I was building the deck. And so they're like, yeah, sure, go for it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm even running cards like Kill Destroy, uh, which is such a cool instant where whenever one of your opponents says kill or destroy, you can say gotcha. And if you do, you can bring that spell from your graveyard back into your hand and it destroys a non-black creature so mm -hmm. it it's just it's funny and that's what i built the deck around to be funny and that's so, how that's how most commander decks in my opinion should be they should be built around the way you enjoy to play and mm -hmm. the fact that you enjoy playing so like yeah build, it, a, it, build a goblin deck where all the goblins are wearing hats <laughs> is, is I, uh, it functional? maybe maybe i mean it has the potential to create a ton of tokens and a lot of tokens, a lot of squirrels, double the squirrels, quadruple the squirrels if everything goes well. But unfortunately, it didn't do that last night. So it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's how some nights go. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, kind of like you. I'm kind of tired. Uh, I've been well when you hit that 20,000 follower mark on I, TikTok, I which y'all should be following him if you aren't. Look, I wasn't going to talk about it, but you know, uh, hey, I same... got to bring it up. Okay, well, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, for some for some reason, people seem to recently start liking my videos, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing a lot of things by ear with that, but it's really cool. Uh, if any of my if anybody of my followers on TikTok or end up watching this i just want to say thank you uh it blows my mind it really does so i just want to say thank you but anyways um 
Cards. We're talking about Cards. Magic the Gathering here, not TikTok. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's Oop. see. How, how, your, uh, your camera's starting to go out of focus a little bit. Oh, eh. <laughs> Roll a d20, it'll fix. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's see what I roll. Mm, not looking good. What's, what's your uh, intelligence modifier? Negative oh, two? I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's a straight well, how, how about we start off? Let's do some honorable mentions before we get into our favorites. All right. I'm cool with that. So, good. this is your show. All right. Well, my my honorable mentions comes from the cycle of cards that came in because we're talking about a Dungeons and Dragons set. So this set would not have been complete without dragons, of course. Uh, and so they did a cycle of dragons of the chromatic kind. I kind of hope they would do the metallic cycle as well. They kind of hinted mm -hmm. at it with the adult gold dragon. But we saw a cycle of the chromatics, which are white, blue, black, red and green in the color combination of mtg mm -hmm. um and so first up we have is the black dragon the black dragon i feel is the weakest of the five yeah because it's seven mana for a four four flying that when it enters the battlefield target creature and opponent controls get nick three nick three until end of turn uh so you, it's seven mana for a removal spell yeah. So I I was I wasn't very impressed with this. I understand that you know um, wizards are also trying to you know prevent cards from being overpowered and all that kind of stuff. But if this was if this was five mana for four four, that target creature gets three three mm -hmm. or neck three neck three. That would be infinitely a lot better than seven mana. Plus, it would still be recently in the balance. Or if it was seven mana for uh, creatures and one opponent controls, gets like neck two, neck two. Yeah. I feel like this the, these types of dragons in general are better cheated out. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're using something like Belby's Portal, uh, right. which is an artifact that allows you to, I think it was like pay three, tap it, and put a creature of the chosen type onto the battlefield mm -hmm. from your hand. Or so it allows you to cheat them out super quick. Or things like Quicksilver Amulet. Quicksilver Amulet mm -hmm. is pay four, tap it. You may put a, a creature you own in your hand onto the battlefield. Yeah. Uh, and fun fact, Quicksilver Amulet says you may put, not play, so it can't be countered. Ah, uh, oh, so, yeah. Interesting, interesting little mechanic there. Uh, but that being said, I do enjoy the Black Dragons. I, I, I do enjoy the fact that it exists. Mm -hmm. I, I I love dragons, and I know my other friend Josh, who runs an Esper Dragon deck, was really excited to see some kind of support for not red and not green dragons. Yeah. Next up, we have White Dragon. Um, White Dragon. Uh, six mana, four white, white. When white dragon enters the battlefield, target creature and opponent controls or, or tap target creature and opponent controls. That creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. So, enters the battlefield. Bit, he has like a 16 16 Ashaya on the battlefield. You tap it so that way he can't tap it for mana, nor can he attack with it. It's a, it's a little bit of a control piece, kind of like mm -hmm. with the black dragon. I'm, I'm very glad to see 
dragon support in not green and not red. Yeah. I mean, and that's coming from the Gruel player. I love green and red dragons. Absolutely love them. But we have seen an overabundance of them, in my opinion, recently. So yeah. it's very nice to see support somewhere else. Six mana for a 4-4. Four, four. Decent. Still high. It's still high, yeah. But it's not bad. Uh, yeah. Next up, we have the blue dragon. So blue dragon, um, seven mana, just like with the black dragon, five blue, blue. When the blue dragon enters the battlefield, until your next turn, target creature and opponent controls gets neg three, neg O, up to one other creature gets neg two, neg O, and up to one other target creature gets neg one, neg O. So it's a little bit, like I said, with the white dragon, it's a little bit of control piece. Mm -hmm. um, if they have a bunch of big creatures on the battlefield and you're like, oh, if they swing at me, Next turn, it'll be exactly zero. It's a little bit of a way to you know, prevent that. Um, also, it's really cool because the uh, Blue Dragon's Lightning Breath is a line. It's a, a it's a, a, a in Dungeons and Dragons uh, when you fight a Blue Dragon, uh, and it does its Lightning Breath. It's in a line that you know affects everything in that mm -hmm. line, and so it's really cool to see that as kind of a mechanic. Yeah, uh, in this as well. Same thing with the Frost Dragon and the Black Dragon. I can see what they were going with the Black Dragon because Black Dragon spit acid. Yeah. And so it it's breath weapon acid, uh, which weakens the creature or slowly does damage over time. Kind of has that toxic deluge feel to it. Mm -hmm. With White Dragon, it freezes. So freezing, we can't really freeze a creature in MTG, but the tapping them down has the same is, effect. Has kind of the same effect. Also, I love the artwork on this one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love the artwork on this. Yeah. Especially the alternate art, the full art. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, next up. Oh, we've got Whoops. we've got extra red dragons. We got extra red dragons there. <laughs> <laughs> red dragon. Uh, this one is definitely my favorite out of the five. It's mm -hmm. four red red. When red dragon enters the battlefield, it deals four damage to each opponent. Uh, so where it doesn't clear the board, it does enter the battlefield, do damage to your opponents. Uh, I I like that. Yeah, very useful if you can blink it, you know, put it into exile, bring it back, and just have that be a repeatable effect. Mm -hmm. um, it, it can wreak some havoc on the table. I feel the other dragons are more for, you know, standard, modern, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But uh, in here, Red Dragon is definitely geared more towards Commander because mm -hmm. of the fact that it says each opponent. Mm -hmm. And next up, last but not least, we have the Green Dragon. Notice which... how it saved the Gruel colors for last. Yes. <laughs> you know me so well. So the I, Green I, Dragon. I sure hope so. <laughs> so the Green Dragon, um, where... This, this one, I, it was really difficult choosing my favorite between the, this one and the red one. The red one I chose because you can, like I said, you can do multiple things with it. You can blink it, have multiple ETB effects. The green dragon, like with the other ones, it helps with control of the board. Uh, this one, outright, it doesn't, you know, you you have to, like, deal combat damage or deal damage to an opponent's creature and able to destroy it. But there's a combo that I believe I've mentioned before on this channel uh, with the green dragon it's super jank i absolutely love it but basically what you do is you uh you uh, um tutor it i'm trying to think of the tutor unmarked grave unmarked grave mm. is the one black tutor where you can find a creature card put it into your graveyard then you reanimate green dragon 
it goes onto the battlefield. So you're looking at one black, black so far, and then you cast a blazing volley, which is one red. And it deals one damage to each creature on the battlefield. Yeah. Or each opponent's creature on the battlefield. I can't remember off the top of my head which one it is. But it's a four-mana board wipe if you do it that way. Like I said, it's or, super jank. Or play Green Dragon. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, showing my my janky thought, have uh, Pestilence. Pestilence, yeah. Because I can well, totally pestilence. spell... So pestilence is fun because it it deals one damage to each creature. So if you have Green Dragon come in on the battlefield, mm-hmm. it's essentially now marked all of your opponent's creatures. You only need to activate pestilence once, and it becomes a one sided board wipe. It's like mm-hmm. a nastier version of Cyclonic Rift. For actually. Because especially if you already have this on the if battlefield. You, if you already have Pestilence on the battlefield and then cast Green Dragon, it's just Green Dragon CMC and that one black. Uh-huh. But you have to already have Pestilence on the battlefield. And what's Pestilence CMC? Four. Two black black. But so. you figure by that by that time, if, if you're about to pull this combo off, you're going to have the mana to be able to do it. Now, the other cool thing is if you have something like blood artist on the battlefield <laughs> or you really want to get nasty <laughs> speaking of jank if you uh let's see uh natural we play affinity. natural affinity you make yes. all of the land all all lands two two creatures you have pestilence on the battlefield already that's you so play mean. green dragon activate pestilence once not only does it kill all their lands, it kills all their creatures. And then if you have something like Blood Artist or Zulaport Cutthroat, mm-hmm. then they're taking the damage. This could, in effect, become a winning combo. I can definitely see that, especially when you get rid of their lands. Because any any type of land hate in Commander, it in command it's such it's such a big game. Because you know, Commander, you have your hundred card deck, you're going to fill your deck with multiple spells. Either a high CMC or multiple low CMCs or somewhere in between, just a lot of stuff, and you need your lands to cast those cards. Yeah. So if you if someone's like has seven lands on the battlefield on like turn five, they're ahead of the game. They've ramped out a bit, and then you just get rid of their their uh, lands. They're going to be set back. Yeah. <laughs> Heavily. I I did something similar like this last night when I was playing, but I was doing it because it was getting late. And I was just trying to be mindful of time. I knew if I wiped the board, destroyed everyone's lands, that we'd be like, okay, yeah, we're all done. Yep, you mm-hmm. win. Okay, you know, have a good night. We'll see you next week. Um, you know, it's not something I personally push for a lot of land destruction, although lately my decks have included it. So I don't know if that means I'm sick in the head, but eh. <laughs> But no, Green Dragon, I think, was probably the strongest and the most abuse. The one dragon that you could abuse the most. Yeah, definitely. So, but that, especially that like with the others, if you cheat them out. Yeah. Yeah. But those are my honorable mentions. I wanted to cover the chromatic set because chromatic dragons, 
felt like I needed to be mentioned in this deck. Yeah. There's also a five color dragon that may or may not come up later. I don't know. But. I don't know. <laughs> um, so my my honorable mention, it's more of the art style, but it is the module mm-hmm. cards. So I want to bring this up. I love this style that they have included. I never thought I would be so excited. Love Absolutely for love it. Evolving Wilds. Um, they did this with all the all the lands like Treasure Vault. Um, Here's a Cave of the um, Dragon. Yeah, here. Let, let me do this. Boop, 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 boop. There we go. There we go. There we go. Cave of the Dra- or Cave of the Frost Dragon. We've got Layer of the Hydra. We have Hive of the Eye Tyrant. And these are just the ones so, I pulled. Layer th- of the Dragon. There's thing. not. There's honestly not that many of the mm-hmm. the module ones. But yeah, su- super cool looking cards. I I really feel this brought a lot of the D and D flavor to the game. So mm-hmm. um, definitely an honorable mention. I never thought I'd be so excited to pull an Evolving Wilds out of a pack. <laughs> Normally but, you're like, oh, hey ho, Wilds, <laughs> right? But this one, I'm just like, oh, sleep it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that that's my honorable mention. All right, so well, cool. cool. All right. So our our favorites in no particular order. In no particular order. What do so, what do you want to go with? Let's uh let's let's start with uh deadly dispute. So the way the way I kind of picked mine is I picked one mythic, one uh rare, one uncommon, and one uh common. Okay. J- to kind of you know go over the range of cards and deadly dispute was my pick for the common it's one black instant as an additional cost to cast a spell sacrifice an artifact or a creature draw two cards and create a treasure token for two mana yeah. two man- so you have a token on the battlefield deadly dispute get rid of the token you don't really need it you get two cards and mana ramp mm-hmm. it doesn't even like on some cards where it says like uh, draw two cards, more than likely you're going to be discarding two cards or discarding the card. Sacrificing an artifact or a creature to disc- to draw two cards and do mana ramp is not that bad of a trade-off. No, especially, especially says, uh, with, with the pests that we mm-hmm. were getting in Strixhaven. Strixhaven, where whenever a pest dies, you gain a life. So you sacrifice a pest, you gain a life, you draw two cards. Yeah, the the trade off and and the combos with this, and the fact that it, like you said, it's a two two drop instant. Mm-hmm. Very very good card. Mm-hmm. That's very handy in popper. Yes. Very very good in popper. Uh, I can see this being a lot of, and a lot of play. Um, and the caveat where where like you have an artifact. A food token. Get rid of a food token. You're like, let's say you're sitting good on life. You don't really need it. It's just kind of sitting there. Yeah. Sacrifice the food token, draw two cards, and create a treasure token. Mm-hmm. Heck, you have a lot of treasure tokens, but um, you don't need all of them. So get rid of one, draw two cards, create another one. Yeah. It's especially if you're sacrificing a treasure token to do this because you're not losing anything. Yeah. Let, let's say you cast this with a treasure token. You're essentially casting it for one mana. 
because you're going to get that other one right back. Yeah. But the nice thing is you're able to use that mana for that treasure token later. Or mm -hmm. if you're playing an affinity deck, you're going to get the oh benefit God, yeah. from having an, another artifact token. Mm -hmm. So a lot, lot of lot of pluses. And the fact that it's, I mean, it's only a 30 cent card. But for a common, that's actually pretty high for a common. You're right. It is that's kind of high sitting at 30, 32 cents. Now... The set's still early on, so the the secondary market's still very volatile. Mm -hmm. Will it go down? Maybe, but I see this being used a lot, both as you said in Popper, but I can see it in Commander as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely like it. Um, let's see. Uh, Where are we going next? Where are we going next, Josh? What's your well, what's let, your pick? Let's, let's go. A, a very very fun, not celestial mantle. That's not from this set, Josh. <laughs> Although I will admit that is a fantastic card. It's a very good card. No, Celestial Unicorn. This is my my pick for the common. So two and a white for a three-two unicorn that says whenever you gain life, you put a one-one counter on Celestial Unicorn. It's mm -hmm. like a Johnny's Prime Mate. It's I mean, there's so many cards that have this triggered ability. Whenever you gain life, you put a 1-1 counter on it. So uh, Soul Bond, if I remember correctly. Soul Bond was one of the original mm -hmm. mechanics that says that uh, whenever you gain life, you put that many plus one plus one counters on mm -hmm. this creature. Oh, oh yeah. Or now, Sun Bond. The, the cool something. thing is it also has the sketch art, which I love this artwork. Mm -hmm. So cool. Love it. Um, a lot of synergy. This can definitely be used and abused not only in standard because we've seen a lot of with Magecraft and all these other life gain um, abilities that just get so janky. Mm -hmm. um, this can become all of a sudden a heavy hitter. You put a lot of plus one counters on it and this little three, two unicorn can effectively Quick, win games. Get into a larger unicorn, mm -hmm. and the fact that it's only you know eight cents for this version or seven for the the classic, um, I definitely feel this is a very underrated card. I can see it. So two and a white, it's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean you you mix it up with impassioned order. Whenever a creature comes into play, you gain a life. Cool. Put a mm -hmm. put a counter on Celestial Unicorn. Uh, combo that with um, Iridescent uh, Horn Beetle. I think Whenever a plus one plus one counter is put on. Yeah. So at, at the beginning of your end step, create a one one green insect creature token for each plus one plus one counter you put on creatures. Yes. You control this turn. This can get out of hand real quick. And so with that combo of Impassion Order or Soul Warden or Essence Warden, you're gaining all these lives. And then Celestial Unicorn just gets bigger and bigger. Give it some form of protection, Hexproof, Shroud. Well, not Shroud. Don't give it Shroud. Just Hexproof. And then, uh, like I said, that thing can win, win you games. 
For those who don't know, uh, the difference between Shroud and Hexproof is that Hexproof prevents your opponents from targeting the creature you control. Shroud prevents it from being targeted by anybody. So that including that's including yourself. Yep. So, so yep that that one is uh, that was my pick, and I didn't realize that was a common, but mm-hmm. eh, it kind of worked. So next up, uh, so I ended up replacing a card on my list. Uh, it was going to be in the uncommon slot. I was going to talk about Feywall Trickster, which is pretty good. But this next card I enjoyed a lot more than that. And it ended up bumping up into the rare slot. Uh, Tasha's Hideous Laughter. First and foremost, this spell in Dungeons & Dragons is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Basically, uh, you go to cast Tasha's Hideous Laughter. You tell a joke. Uh, the person who is on the receiving end, the person you are targeting... Uh, they have to make a wisdom save or uh, maybe, no, it's wisdom, wisdom save. And if they fail, they fall prone laughing and don't stop until they succeed a wisdom save. <laughs> and so it's great. Absolutely love it. Um, but in Magic the Gathering, uh, Tasha's Hideous Laughter is one blue, blue sorcery. Each opponent, ooh, excuse me. Okay. He's failed his wisdom save. <laughs> oh, bother. All right, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, bother. <laughs> anyway, Stasha's Hideous Laughter says, each opponent exiles cards from the top of his or her library or their library until that player has exiled cards with total mana value 20 or more. So in a mill-style deck, this is great. And actually, in any Spellslinger deck, this is great. It's a great way of control, prevention, retention, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Uh, couple this with uh, cards that allow you to cast opponent stuff out of exile. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I do love the fact that they said uh, mana value of 20 or more. So it has a very defined limit. Yeah. And so no matter, and since it's 20, not 10 or 15, 20 is a really high number. So you can get a lot of good cards from this, especially, especially in- uh, goblins, mm-hmm. Allurus of the Dream Den deck, where everything has to have a mana value of what, two or less? I think it's three or less, but yeah. Yeah. Two, it, no, two, I think you're right. Two or less. Two or less. Yeah. This can wreck a lot of those super aggro, super fast decks mm-hmm. where you're only running one or, you know, one or two drops. Uh, in a uh, MTG arena, I've seen a few, seen this play a few times mm-hmm. and uh, notably the decks that I was running were not small creatures, but it's incredibly frustrating when I see my Kogla, the Titan ape go into exile. When I see my, uh, Tarask go into exile <laughs> and all sorts of my big spells that I'm wanting to depend on to be able to end the game are suddenly not there. True. They only, they only get rid of like the top four or five, six cards of my deck but they may have been like my best cards in the deck. They have been my wing cons in the deck. I, I think the other thing to note, um, and this card does a really good job being very clear, where it says that each opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until that player has exiled a total mana value of 12. Mm-hmm. Or 20. What man, or Yeah, mana value of 20. What is the mana value of a land? It's zero. 
Zero. So you get a clump of one of your opponent's libraries where they have like four or five lands in there. That's going to hurt. And that's mm -hmm. going to hurt bad. Especially when they're behind on mana. Oh, yeah. I think if, if that happened to me and this was played and I exiled like five or six lands, I'd be like, that's a nice scoop. Mm -hmm. um, it hurts. It, hurts it, it does. So yeah, this one, <laughs> and, I, I and you know the hideous laughter stuff. is the one coming from the person who played it. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you, you have to use a poker face if you top deck this mm -hmm. and go, <laughs> and then yeah, hope that it resolves. Right. My suggestion is if the, if you put this in a blue deck, if you go to cast this. You better have a counter, for a counter spell with it because someone will try to get rid of it. Right. Ugh. I, yeah, yeah, that. I know, I know yeah. if I play with my other friends, um, one of my friends who plays at least like five counter spells in every deck that he plays because he, he's that guy. He's that guy. He loves playing counter spells. Even, even in his Esper Dragons deck, he has multiple counter spells. He built a deck specifically around counter spells. That's, ooh. yeah. And so, if I'm playing against him, uh, and he has his whole Omen Engine uh, thing combo out, and I go mm. to Tasha's hideous laughter, he's like, "Yeah, counter that." I'm definitely going to want to have a counter spell in my hand when I go to cast this. So the the fun one that I would use with this, uh, or what deck I would put this in, is my Circu Demir Lobotomist deck. Mm -hmm. Whenever you play a blue spell, remove the top card of target library from the game. Whenever you play a black spell, remove the top card of target library from the game. Now, here's where it gets really fun. Your opponents can't play non-land cards with the same name as a card removed from the game with Circu Demir Lobotomist. You exile someone's Soul Ring, mm -hmm. Arcane Signet, Lightning Greaves, Swiftfoot Boots, any of those those staple equipment or artifacts, your host, you exile someone's cyclonic rift. Well, you should not have to worry about cyclonic rift being played. And it does um, say opponents. So you get one person, the uh -huh. rest of your opponents and your, and your four player commander pod can't cast those spells, but you can. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that card, that hideous laughter card, goes great with this this mm -hmm. deck all the lower spells that allow mana <laughs> mana ramp such as uh opt or anticipate cultivate cultivate oh my god cultivate mm. yeah cross and grip path all to exile swords to plowshares i mean you can really wreck and control a game with yeah. that little combo, yeah. That's I need to get my hands on this combo right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so funny you mentioned that, like Circu Demir Lobotomist. Uh for from City of Guilds, only a dollar forty-two. Or you get the guild kit version and it's only a dollar thirty-eight. Hey. Pretty budget, and you knew that's what I'm all about. Budget. Mm -hmm. Th this it. is a fun commander to build around. It's a hard one to build around, but possible. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, you didn't expect that one, did you? I did not, and the, and I've been I've been <laughs> so I've been trying to build like a uh, 
an exile uh, tribal deck for a while. And so that, I, I haven't been able to find a commander. Now I know who I'm going to get. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, and the majority of the deck is built around like Eldrazi's and stuff. So from like uh, Battle for Zendikar that allow you to return cards from exile to the graveyard mm-hmm. for benefits and stuff. Yeah. That's kind of what the deck is built around. All these little jank uh, combos with the Eldrazi's or just exile. Sire Stagnation is one of the biggest cards I have in the deck. Because Sire Stagnation says that whenever a... Yeah, yeah. Uh, pull it up so I can... Whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, that player exiles the top two cards of his or her library, and I draw two cards. Oof. You know, another one that would go great with that... Um... Altar of Dementia? No, no, that's not the one I want. Mm-mm. Altar of the Brood. Whenever, whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent puts the top card of his or her library into his or her graveyard. And then you can really start, yeah, having some fun. Same thing with um, Altar of Dementia. Oh, because I can spell <laughs> Sacrifice a Creature. Target, target opponent. Mills. Um, Equal to the power. Yeah. And then Bajuka Bog, their uh, graveyard. Um, another fun one. If you're wanting to go that exile route, um, Trip of Amnesia. Great Ooh. counter spell. So one in the blue. Counter target spell, unless its controller removes his or her graveyard from the game, and then you draw a card. I may have to get a hand on that. How much is that one? Like 26 cents? 16. 16 cents. And this goes all the way back to j- the set Judgment. Ooh, it's been a minute. Been a yeah. Hot minute since and then. it's a common. <gasps> Popper? Yeah. Yeah. I've used this one a time or two, and it's it's one of those ones when you play it, people are like, wait, what? Let me see that card for a second. <laughs> um, is that yeah. actually what it says? Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, oh, 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 okay. But yeah, so going back to... Going back to... Uh, Hideous forget, Laughter. Adventures in Forgotten Realms. Yeah. So but, many things. I think Exile Tribal is fun. Yes. and that, But that was my pick. Uh, you're up next, Josh. Oh, yes. So this has to be... Okay. Do I... You know what? We'll go. We'll go this route. Oh my goodness, my my typing skills today. Treasure Vault, such a cool artifact land. You can tap to add colorless, or you can pay XX, tap, sacrifice Treasure Vault to create X treasure tokens. Mm-hmm. Such a cool utility land. The cool thing, and the, the janky combo that I see with this, if you really need to make that explosive play that you know you're going to be able to win, you can dump a whole bunch of mana into this, create a bunch of treasure tokens, and then if you have something like uh, Blink Moth Urn, where at the beginning of each player's pre-combat main phase, so this is after your upkeep, after your draw, so your first main phase, if Blink Moth Urn is untapped, that player adds colorless mana for each artifact they control. 
So you yep. sacrifice treasure vault. You have a whole bunch of treasure tokens. You're going to get a whole lot of colorless mana to be able to dump into something um, without having to tap and sacrifice those. Uh, one that I was thinking of was um, some. It was a deck that we saw, or it was it was a card that was played in a deck we saw recently on game night. It was uh, Bruticlad. Oh yes, Bruticlad. If you're sitting on a bunch of uh, artifacts, on on a bunch of uh, um, treasure tokens that you don't really need, you can turn them into creatures with Bruticlad, mm -hmm. and then double that with a. Uh, 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 treasure vault yes uh another one that i was uh that i kind of popped into my brain was uh if you own a deb a doubling season oh yes Double doubling season doubles the amount of tokens you create and so instead of paying xx you're essentially just paying x mm -hmm. well, technically you're still paying xx but like you know mm -hmm. if you sacrifice four treasure tokens to put two into a uh, treasure vault, you're still creating four treasure tokens because yeah. doubling season doubles the tokens. Same so thing with um, uh, parallel lives. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with uh, anointed procession. I think anointed procession only targets creatures. If Definitely look that one up. I think anointed procession only hits creatures. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. One or more tokens. One or more tokens. There you go. Yep. There you go. The fun one that I like with this, and I actually have it in in my deck, is with my it's in my squirrel back. Hey, Chatterfang. Chatterfang. If one or more tokens would be created under your control, uh, those tokens plus that many one one green squirrel creature tokens are created instead. Well, there you have it. So make a bunch of treasures, and if you got doubling season or anointed procession out make double that and then all the squirrels and watch and watch the eldrazi run in fear because <laughs> squirrels <laughs> will kill eldrazi that's, that's the joke that we have in the mtg community you know it's like big powerful flying spaghetti monster bunch of squirrels <laughs> kill but yeah and the the other thing and, and we mentioned it in the earlier but the module Oh yeah, style for Treasure Vault is just pretty wonderful, beautiful. Yes, yeah. Uh, th this land is a little more on the pricey side. You're looking at about seven dollars um, just for the regular version. Um, I'd have to look at. Let's see, TCG player, uh, very helpful. Yeah, so you're still looking around ten bucks mm -hmm. for this. So is it very budget friendly? No, but it can it can be useful so all right so next up we have guardian of faith guardian of faith what is the uh teferi's protection on a creature so once again i had to change out my last one for um uh, uh tasha's hideous laughter which bumped that up into the rare slot and i decided to keep this one just because it's so good it's so good <laughs> it's so good. it's one white white for a creature spirit knight uh, with flash and vigilance, and whenever Guardian of Faith enters the battlefield, any number of other target creatures you control phase out. So someone's trying to Cyclonic Rift, or mm -hmm. someone's trying to board wipe your creatures. You've got the primary board state. 
do uh, flashing guardian of faith and it protects your board yeah it, it does say creatures so if someone's like trying to destroy all artifacts creatures and enchantments for example uh they cast planar cleansing mm -hmm. it does it does only protect your creatures but it's still a really good card especially for only one and double white how much is Teferi's protection? Oh, let's see. It's like, um, I don't remember the CMC of it. But Teferi's protection. Okay, is, it's also free. Yeah. So, but I mean, Teferi's protection is about a $20 card. Mm hmm. Whereas, so, whereas with the uh, uh, Guardian of Faith, it's three bucks. Three bucks. Yep. So, definitely a more budget friendly option. Yeah. Another fun combo. If if we want to get janky, say you have a player like Josh mm -hmm. that plays the natural, you know, affinity stuff. Someone plays natural affinity to make all of your lands creatures. Mm -hmm. Flash and guardian of faith, phase them out. Your lands are protected. Everybody else's blows up. Mm-hmm. Great. Wonderful card. But yeah. and I'm I'm really glad that they reintroduced the phase mechanic because Teferi's protection and a few other cards we saw it and it was really confusing like way back when they first introduced it. Mm -hmm. But now that people seem to have a fundamentally better understanding of how phasing works, I'm really glad that they're starting to bring that back in. Yeah, they brought that one. It was uh, M21, so the mm -hmm. core set, M21 with uh, Teferi, Master of Time. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely a useful ability to have. So, And I'm glad that they're not overprinting it, too. No. You know, it's it's not something that, like, almost every creature has. It's kind of like, you know, when they what they did with Cascade or uh, mm -hmm. the leveling mechanic. They're not overprinting the card and making it, you know, so that every color in the color wheel has that. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I love it. Also, this goes with my tribal knights deck, and so it's definitely mm. going to be an include in it. Oh, yes. Sir Gwyn. Sir Gwyn is my commander for that. So. <coughs> I like it. All right. I, I'm excited for this one. And this is very on point with D&D. Mm-hmm. Very on point. One T Malison. This is a for one and a blue, a snake rogue. Uh, it's a two one. Snake. Slithery snake. You know what? I hope the professor <laughs> appreciates oh, it, my reference <laughs> to what he did. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> Uh, hey, look, he was committed to the joke, so I respect him. Oh, true. That. He was true. committed. So th this is not sponsored in any way, shape, or form by Tolarian Community College, but seriously, go check his channel out because it's great. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely great. Anyway, back to Wanti. Um, Wanti Mellison can be blocked as long as it's attacking alone. And then whenever Wanti Mellison does combat damage to a player, venture into the dungeon. So this has a couple unique abilities. One, obviously, if it attacks by itself, can't be blocked. So you're going to be able to do some damage. 
and then you're able to really utilize the mechanic that is unique for adventures in the forgotten realm being able to venture through a dungeon mm -hmm. so there's a couple ways that you can really approach this card you can do a voltron approach load up a whole bunch of equipment on it and really hit hard for damage or utilize the dungeons as kind of your you know let let's get that that advantage in the game mm -hmm. i've actually been doing both this is now become an auto include in my rogues deck so oh, the the mini mini precon that came out with uh, zendikar rising with anawan mm -hmm. um, i i put this one in because not only are you able to utilize Wanty's ability to get through. If you want to flash in um, uh, the Aquaman looking, the rogue that you can flash in that has like the pseudo ninjutsu, Zareth San. Yes. So Zareth San, the trickster. Five CMC. Yeah, but with, with Zareth San, you want to be able to utilize the the ability so for two black and a blue return an unblocked attacking rogue you control to its owner's hand put zareth sand a trickster from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking whenever zareth sand deals combat damage to a player you may put target permanent card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control so that that little combo and interaction is really really helpful especially oh, yeah. if you're going to be milling your opponent and then stealing their stuff. Um, yeah, super cool. I love the artwork on this as well. So th this has become one of my favorites, not only in Commander, um, but I'm also building a standard and a modern deck around it. So hey. it'll be interesting to see how, how those work. Modern rogues? Ooh. Yeah! Interested to see how that works. I'm not a modern player, but interested well you know when you have cards like mind crank whenever um a, a, an opponent loses life they mail that many cards yeah and then being able to use their sand yeah it's just it can get pretty janky and there's yeah. other other stuff that i'll talk about later on that also works well with this but yeah one t my yeah definitely a fun creature it's something. <laughs> you don't feel the same way. It's something. <laughs> it's fun to play, not play against. True. All right. Anyways, uh, my next up on the list <laughs> is going to be once again. An I have a little. I have a lot of blue and black creatures that I've listed as my favorite so far. Uh, <laughs> uh, something's weird. Uh, yeah, that's not my next one. My next one is going to be Xanathar. Uh, I wanted to pick a multicolored uh, card just just because. Mm -hmm. uh, this one I've seen a lot of play against in... Uh, oh, God, my neighbor's mowing. That's uh, good. Okay. Well, my uh, I've seen a lot of play against in MTG Arena. And... Mm -hmm. uh, it's frustrating. It really is. 
because you know at the beginning of your upkeep choose target opponent until end of turn that player can't cast spells you may look at the top card of their library at any time and you may play the top card of their library and spend mana as though it was as though it were mana of any color to cast spells this way mm -hmm. shut up dude like like is, is it that hard to not mow at 4 30. Is it that? <laughs> how, how about this? I got a crazy idea. Crazy, crazy idea. Um, actually, do I? Question is, do I have it? You know what? Let's run a quick ad for one of our other shows on the Undercover Kids Podcast yes, Network while the neighbor finishes up their stupid mowing job. Here we go. Crisis in the Toyverse, if you're all about action figures, toys, that sort of thing, Bobble Mac does a fantastic job. And, I mean, the, his reviews on some of the stuff is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I have the Mandalorian bust. And, yeah, his review is spot on on this one. It is a gorgeous statue. So check that out. Anyway, back to Xanathar. Xanathar, Guild Kingpin. So, four black-blue. So, once again, Demir gets another commander that they can use. But this one, it's really fun to play, just like with the Yuanti. It's fun to play, not fun to play against. Because, you know, um, let's say you're the opponent. The opponent has this on the battlefield. They go to cast their big stuff, and you have, like, three, four counter spells in hand to prevent them from doing their stuff you can't play them because mm -hmm. your opponent can't cast spells during your turn. If you have this on the battlefield. So any kind of their interaction, removal, counter spells, they can't do it while it's the person who has this on the battlefield's turn. Also the fact that you can essentially steal cars from the top of their library, in including lands, yeah, because it does say play, not cast. It says you may play the top card in their library. So if you're low on lands and they have, a forest on the top of their battlefield. You can be like, that's mine now. Yeah. Oh, oh you got have... a Gaius Cradle? Thank you. Thanks, Mud. Man, I really appreciate you giving me your cards. It's it's really fun to play. It's I, I personally think this is a really powerful card. I mean, it's Xanathar. He has to be powerful. Xanathar, yeah. Xanathar has his own book. Xanathar's uh, uh, Guide to Every... Oh my God, what is the name of the book? It's Volo's Guide to Monsters and Xanathar's something. I, I'd have to Xanathar's look Guide to Everything? Yes, Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Also, he's a really funny character. He's not... He's technically not a beholder. He's an observer. 
but we won't go into the semantics of that. And <laughs> but uh, really cool, really classic, you know, D and D character Xanathar. Uh, I, I had to pick him simply for that fact alone. Is the fact mm -hmm. that you know he's a big character in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. In yeah. my in my current D and D campaign, he is the magic shop owner that we always go to. And he also runs like he runs his guild uh, in the basement. And then on the top is his magic store. And so our D&D campaign, we've made friends with them. And he's like, hey, what's up, everybody? And so it's really fun. <laughs> to, that's that's the voice that my, our DM gave him. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Come on. I, I don't know and about uh, you, but the artwork it. on this has a job of the hut feel. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that that would be Princess Leia right there. Irony. I can see it, but that doesn't mean I like it. You know, just run with it. <laughs> I'll run with it. <laughs> I'll run with it. Yeah. Just run with it. <laughs> now, Sanatar is as she said, very powerful, fun to have as your commander, not fun to play against. Mm -hmm. I feel like if if you're going to be playing this deck playing this as a commander, prepare for the game to shift to Arch Enemy. It will mm -hmm. turn to a three to one. Just You're like the Sin Triplets. Yeah. Oh. For those who don't know, Sin Triplets is, if anybody in your commander pod brings out Sin Triplets, get rid of kick, them first. Yeah, kick them out. Uh, Sin Triplets, at the beginning of your upkeep, choose, a, choose target opponent. This turn... That player can't cast spells or activate abilities and placed with their hand revealed. You may play lands and cast spells from that player's hand this turn. It is Xanathar yeah. is essentially Sin Triplets without white. Yeah, it's yeah. So if someone says, Hey, um, you know, if you're having the rule zero conversation, talk about the decks, and someone says send triplets, you kick them out just about as fast as about as fast. As someone saying they're playing uh, Kozilek, mm -hmm. you you typically turn to them and go, "Are you sure? Are, Are you, you sure? sh do do you like, want to have friends? Because I will switch decks right now <laughs> to prevent this from happening. <laughs> I, I've done that when people say, "Oh, I'm going to play this," I'm like, "Oh, change yep, decks. Yep. Oh, you're playing a power eight deck compared to my power two. I'll let me switch out to a more powerful deck then. Oh, you're playing Xanathar? Cool. Let me get the deck that has Nevermore. Um, mm -hmm. Nevermore will effectively shut this down. The only the only difference between Xanathar and Sin Triplets is that Xanathar uh, says that um, you play with the opponent plays with the top card of their library. You're, you you interact with the top card of their library. Sin Triplets says the hand. Yeah. So. Yeah, it it does allow for a little little easier deck manipulation too mm -hmm. so but i mean it's as you said it fits the flavor of xanathar it does i don't i don't want to imagine xanathar's flavor i imagine he's kind of slimy kind of a douche <laughs> <laughs> slimy uh, douche same difference right right uh, let's move on <laughs> let's not. move on move on quick <laughs> so the the next cards that um, I'm going to be focusing on is a new enchantment cycle. Mm 
that they brought in, and it's the class uh, cycle of cards. So these enchantments, um, very similar to the sagas, it's like a if sagas and the level up cards had a one night stand, mm -hmm. out comes the classes. But it's really useful because they stay on the battlefield. They have static abilities. Mm -hmm. So I'll take the rogue class, for example. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, exile the top card of that player's library, you may look at it for as long as it remains exiled. Um, the level two creatures you control have menace. Level three, you may play cards exiled with rogue class, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. Mm -hmm. So useful. This went into my rogue deck. Kind of oh, a yeah, no-brainer. The kicker with, especially the level three on this one, is yes, you can use mana of any color to cast the spells, but if it has any activated abilities, you have to meet that that color requirement. So just keep that in mind. I was going to see if I could just pull over the, the classes because I pulled quite a few of them, but I don't know where they are. So I'll... so the next one, Cleric class, um, you know, definitely playing off of the life gain. If you would gain life, you gain that much life plus one. Level two, whenever you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Very similar to what Celestial Unicorn was doing. Um, it's also kind of similar to what Heliod Suncrown does. Mm -hmm. And then level three, whenever this class becomes level three, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. You gain life equal to its toughness. So, you know, definitely a fun one there. Uh, is it the monk class is the next one? The Azorius one. Yeah, so monk class. Again, you kind of see these static abilities. Um, so super... Super cool. I I love that they did this. Mm -hmm. My favorite is the Sorcerer class because it's quite literally Storm Sorcerer. Mm -hmm. uh, when Sorcerer class enters the battlefield, draw two cards and discard two cards. Uh, level it up. Creatures, creatures you control have tap, add blue, or red. Spin this mana only to cast an instant or sorcery spell, spell or to gain a class level. Yeah. And then that last ability is why it's so powerful. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, that spell deals damage to each opponent equal to the number of instant and sorcery spells you've cast this turn. Not instant or sorcery, instant and sorcery spells you've cast this turn. So, so storm effect. Storm. Any mm -hmm. any spell slinger deck that you're casting multiple spells in a turn, copying multiple spells, this can this can quickly get out of hand. Couple this with uh, Sentinel Tower and Aetherflux Reservoir. I was thinking this. Supply, whenever you cast an, or copy an instant or sorcery spell, scry one. If that spell's mana value is five or greater, create a four-four blue and red elemental creature token. If that spell mana value is ten or greater, supply Thunder Collector deals ten damage to an opponent chosen at random. Oof. Another, another good one. <laughs> it, it does say... Spell has to have a mana value of 10 or greater. So things like uh, Zakama wouldn't affect it, but no. Galta would. Because Zakama is 9 CMC or mana value, but Galta is 12. Yeah. Or... Uh, Omniscience. <laughs> yep. Omniscience. Fantastic one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. 
Um, but yeah, just the whole classes in general, I think did a great job, not only enhancing specifically commander gameplay. Oh yeah, definitely. But it really brings more Dungeons and Dragons feel into it because this is a, another aspect of Dungeons and Dragons. Sorcerer class is one of the classes that you can pick when you are creating a character. Storm Sorcerer is one of the subclasses of Sorcerer that you can pick. Uh, Storm, Shadow, uh, Dragon Blood Sorcerer. There's all sorts of things you can do. Mm -hmm. Barbarian. Oh, I love the Barbarian. Yep, Barbarian um, also utilizes, and something we haven't really touched on in this, but it utilizes the dice rolling. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a benefit off of rolling a d20. So It's pretty great. Uh, the barbarian. So this, if you would roll one or more dice, instead roll that many dice plus one and ignore the lowest roll. This is uh, essentially a feat in Dungeons and Dragons that uh, they put into this class. It's called Great Weapon Master. Great mm -hmm. Weapon Master states that whenever you roll damage uh, with a heavy, heavy, quote unquote, heavy weapon, um, you ignore the lowest roll. Mm -hmm. So, like, let's say you roll one on damage, re-roll it. Yeah. So it's pretty great. Yeah. No, definitely a, a lot of fun. So, I I love the fact that they put put in these classes. So, great. Druid, the Druid great. allows you to play extra lands per turn. The rogue, or not the rogue, the ranger allows you to create uh, tokens. Uh, the wizard draws you cards and puts plus one, plus one counters on creatures you control whenever you draw a card. Mm -hmm. And no maximum hand size. That alone is great. Yeah, yeah, that's static ability for a one drop. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. You mean I don't have to discard up to seven, down to seven cards? No. At my end step? No. And imagine if you get this out turn one. It's pretty great. You just never discard anything. Turn, just keep on drawing. So turn one. Just keep drawing. Just keep drawing. Just, <laughs> just keep, keep drawing. drawing. Keep drawing. What do we do when we, we draw, draw, draw? draw. Uh, <laughs> I love to draw. Draw all the cards. And... Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> but, you know, so if you have this, turn one, play wizard class. Turn two, Mystic Remora. Racking those cards. Or Ristic Study. Uh, do you want to pay the one? Do you want to pay the one? Do you want to pay, the, want one? To pay the one? Do you want to pay the one? So if... if you know what? Yes, I'll pay the one! <laughs> so if you don't know what Ristic Study is, what rock are you living under? But Ristic Study, for two and a blue, whenever an opponent casts a spell, you may draw a card unless that player pays one. And now that Hull Breacher has been banned... Darn. I'm not darn. I'm thank you. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, if, the, if they have, you know, Narset, Parter of Veils, then yeah. Yep. yeah. But, yep. Classes, oh. fantastic. Hey, I've cast Hole Breacher. Now, everybody, wheel. Ugh. <laughs> Anyways, the last card I'm going to talk about is Inferno of the Star Mounts. So, we've talked in this set, there's a lot of treasure tokens, right? There's a lot of ways to create treasure tokens. There's a lot of way to, you know, either duplicate them or get more, get mana to cast your spells. Mm -hmm. Inferno of the Star Mounts is my, is one of my favorite mythics out of this, out of this set. 
It's a red dragon. Yes. We're not going to talk about that. It's four red, red, <laughs> legendary creature dragon. This spell can't be countered. That's very important in, in, as, in as of itself. Mm-hmm. The fact that you go to cast this and people are like, oh gosh, you have so much mana. I got to get rid of it. You can't counter it. It's great. Now, once it hits the battlefield, you can like, you know, path to exile it. You know, yeah. you can remove it, destroy target creature. You can murder it. Uh, but it has flying in haste and you can pay red in front of the star mount gets plus one plus oh until end of turn. So essentially fire breathing. But when its power becomes 20 this way, it deals 20 damage to any target. That's non-combat damage. Non-combat damage. So before I get into my jank mindset here, uh, first and foremost, you you have to have 14 red. 14 red on the battlefield to uh, be able to pump it to 20 to deal 20 damage to something. Do so, you, do you really? Yes, because that's no, the bare minimum. Don't. That's the bare minimum to hit 20. 14. Oh, oh, that's before we get janky. Oh, yeah, okay. Get, okay. Yeah, 14 to get. Pay attention, Josh. Yes. <laughs> so you pump it up to 20, deal 20 damage. So late game, which is more than likely when you're going to be casting this because it is six mana someone hopefully is down to 20 or less life or close to it mm-hmm. just <clears throat> down them or if they have an ashaya on the battlefield i say ashaya a lot because i love i love ashaya ashaya is a creature that you know when it enters the battlefield all your non-token creatures become forest and its pnt is equal to the number of forests you control so wonderful card love it but they have an ashaya in and you're playing against mono green deck so it's like a 16 16 <clears throat> Now you deal 20 damage to it. It's gone. Yeah. Goodbye. Love the card. Absolutely love it. My favorite thing with this, though, is not only do you have ways like a, a, a mana flare. Mana flare that allow you to double your mana. There's all sorts of mana doublers. But there's things such as like a um, seething song. Yes. Seething song allows you to add red to your mana pool. It's pay three get more mana uh just guys will add red for each <laughs> card and target opponent's hand a lot of ways to get mana mm-hmm. enough to do this 20 damage but i'm thinking of things like uh um spells that allow you to, at the beginning of each opponent's instep they lose life equal to the number of life they've lost this turn i feel like this would i'm be... forgetting the name of the card i'm forgetting the name of the card um, I feel like this would be good in a no, no. Hold on. Um, I can Yarok? see the card. No, uh, what's it? Yarok? No, Yarok. The desecrate is different. Um, yeah, that's Commander Legends. Hold on. A second. Uh, well, I'll go while my brain is trying to desperately think of its of this card's name. It's at the beginning. Of, there's Dictative Crufix as well, which doubles. Uh, doubles damage there's um heart of wrath i want to say the card is called where it doubles damage doublers all sorts of stuff um each opponent loses life equal to the life they've lost this way uh i want to say it's a black spell i I can't don't know why i can't think of this but there's also things such or one mechanic called infect that you can give Mm. because because you know, it's, it says when its power becomes 20 this way, 
it deals 20 damage to any target. If it just said deal 20 damage to any any target, you wouldn't be able to work with the infect. You wouldn't be able to. Yeah, grafted exoskeleton. But Taint, since, grafted exoskeleton, mm -hmm. tainted strike. Mm -hmm. But since Inferno of the Star Mount specifically says it deals 20 damage to any target, give it infect. Boom. You can instantly, no matter if they were like 104 life, they're an infinite life gain deck. Yeah. Once they hit those 10 poison counters, they lose the game. I feel like this Inferno of the Star Mounts is what Shivan Dragon should have been. Except back then, because, you know, Shivan Dragon, they, they were still, you know, developing the game. They yeah. were still figuring things out. And Shivan Dragon was powerful in its own right. This yeah. is where we get the term fire breathing from Shivan Dragons, because you pay red, Shivan Dragon gets plus one, plus zero oh until end of turn. Yeah. So really, Inferno of the Star Mounts is a better version of Shiv and Dragon. Mm -hmm. And my my mind, what I think of this is um, either Thordak from Critical Role or Smog from mm, yep. from Lord of the Rings. Red dragons, big red dragons that do things. Yeah. But this this one was my favorite out of the named chromatic dragons. You also have old Nawbone. You have Imlareth. You have. I have uh, old Nawbone in my. Uh, hey, as your next one. Oh, so it's not my next one, oh, but okay. I actually put this one in my squirrel deck. Because it's great. Because whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, create that many treasure tokens. And now, and we, sit, we sit with me here. I'll let, I'll Imagine this. Okay, you have fifteen squirrels, and. 10 of those squirrels do combat damage. You create 10 treasure tokens. Oh, but wait, you have doubling season, so you create 20 treasure tokens. And then Chatterfang's on the battlefield, and now you've just created another 20 squirrels. No, 40, yeah. 40 squirrels, because you stack the triggers right. <laughs> With doubling season? <laughs> yep. So, yeah, this, I put this one in the squirrel deck for a good reason. Okay. Not only for mana, but to create all those tokens and then It also, squirrels. so this is what I was going to discuss because this is actually a very good distinction. It's not specified on the card, but uh, the way the rules work and finding out through MTG Arena, it's not it's not counting how many creatures deal combat damage. It's it's counting how much damage is dealt. So each of those squirrel tokens, if they're all one ones, those tens, ten squirrel one ones, you create ten tokens. Mm -hmm. If they're two twos, you create twenty. If they're three threes, you create thirty. So on and so forth, because it's tracking how much damage is dealt and not. That's that's why I said this card is kind of busted because it's tracking how much damage is dealt and not how many creatures so are I dealing that wrong. damage. I read that wrong because I play um I have got enchantments that build up the power of oh my god. Yeah, because I I thought well, it was then. I thought it was the other way too until I played it on MTG Arena and I swung went swung in with a tan tan trample and the dude blocked it with the tutu I thought I was just going to create one treasure token. No, you create I created eight. eight. I am so happy I put that in the deck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of kind of 
I don't want to say dumb, but it's dumb. But it's dumb. <laughs> and I feel like you know, Wizards should have a little made this a little bit more clear on that. Because, like I said, it's it's really weird with how it's word. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, create that many treasure tokens. Let this, me. This I'm telling you from my experience in arena. Yeah. This, and it could be it could be a fault in arenas gameplay. It, it could be because I'm I'm still up in, or I'm still questioning it. I'm still trying to figure out how this works, but in arena, every single time I've played it, I've created tokens equal to the amount of damage dealt. You know, okay. So he, here's where the, so there's no official ruling on gatherer yet, mm -hmm. but when, when you do look at, at the wording of it, where it says, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, create that many. So while it, it doesn't, clearly say create because if it said whenever a creature you control deals combat damage create a treasure token mm -hmm. it's create that many so it, it is really interpretation of it combine that with with what you've experienced on arena makes sense um but yeah surprisingly didn't make my top spot really yeah no but yeah, the name Chromatic Dragons are really good. Icing Death was the only one I was kind of disappointed in because, you know, when it dies, you create a uh, artifact equipment for Icing Death is the name, not Frosting Death. Icing Oops. Death, yeah. yeah. Uh, you create the equipment named Frost Tongue. Um, the Ebon Death, you can Ebon cast Flash. Ebon Death is one that would be fun to build around. Mm-hmm. If it's in your graveyard, you can cast it from your graveyard. Um, ETB's tapped. Um, but you Inferno, can avoid commander attacks with Kimura. that. You can avoid commander attacks. And so first time you cast it, let's say you cast it from your commander. Someone removes it. Have it go to the graveyard every time. And until they exile it from the graveyard, you can still cast it for, for uh, two black black from the graveyard. Because yeah. it's not hitting the command zone yet. I mean... Hell, you have uh, you have something like Phyrexian or, or uh, Phyrexian Altar or Ashnod's Altar. Sacrifice a creature, you get the two mana. Pump that into into the casting cost for Ebon Death. As long Speaking as you're not Jank, as, long, as long as you're not casting, trying to cast Ebon Death by sacking it, because it does state you may cast Ebon Death Draco Lich from your graveyard if a creature not named Ebon Death Draco Lich died this time. Well, time. yeah, but if this is your commander, yeah. So, um, but yeah, still not my, uh, not my top, top pick. No. Mm -mm. What you got for us? Probably the one card that everyone was like, oh my gosh. So this is Circle of Dreams Druid. So it is a 2-1 Elf Druid uh, for three green. So green, green, green. Mm -hmm. Tap, add green for each creature you control. Now, Matthew, I want to I want to ask you a question. Okay, I may have an answer. Does this ability sound very similar to another card in Magic's history? It kind of does. What was that card? What was that card called? Mm. Uh, uh, Plowshares? No, no. That's what it was. Oh, uh, no, no. Plowshares. Ink Moth um, Nexus? No, that's not it. No, no, that wasn't it. Uh, Vandal Blast. That's uh, right. No, no. Tolarian no, 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 Academy. No, 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 
That's a land. That's a land. I don't. I don't oh, think it's the oh, but I thought it was the land. Uh, Sarah Sanctum? No, no, that's not it. No, no, Sarah Sanctum taps for like Esper uh, or something. Yeah, hmm. I, I think I think I know what it is. I think uh, I know what it is. something. Uh, Gaia's Gaia's cradle. will. Oh, Gaia's cradle. Gaia's cradle. That's oh, the one that's that it. it. Do you have that's one? The- I do not because why not? I mean, we, we've we've shown cards. I think the most expensive one we've shown was what thirty bucks. Yeah, I mean, it can't possibly well, cost more than thirty. Why, bucks. why don't it's you a have land. a guy's cradle? It's a land. <laughs> well, let's take a look. So, guy's cradle. It's a legendary land. Tap, add green for each creature you control. Mm-hmm. Now, let let's let's do this. So, let let's see what the current rate is for a guy's cradle. We're gonna go to TCG. Oh, you can buy one for eight hundred and forty dollars. Dropped in price, actually. It did. It dropped the, in price. The market price for Guy's Cradle is one thousand one hundred twenty-four dollars and eighty-six cents. It's a. Good However, one. I it is a fantastic card. I actually found one for one hundred and fifty, and I will show you. So we're gonna go, and now we'll get back to the Druid. Right, right. Um, but. This is oh they don't have it. What? What? Okay, so there's the gold bordered version of Guy's Cradle uh from the World Championship decks. Uh um I don't trust that. Don't trust that at all. If you, if, you see, <laughs> if you see a guy's cradle drop anywhere below like its actual price, don't trust it. Yeah. So like, the- if you if you scroll back down, if you scroll back down, there was one heavily played 725. Mm-hmm. Damaged, seven hundred and fifty. I, I like the ones that have the uh, the picture with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's definitely well loved. But yes, yeah, so this card is redonkulous, especially like again, we'll we'll use my squirrel deck as an example. If I have fifty squirrels, I can tap guy's cradle and generate fifty mana. Untap that again, I'll have a hundred mana. It has the potential. There's a card you should put in. Um, it's called Nextborn Ancient. Yeah, if you want to see someone vomit, that is that is disgusting. If Absolutely you if you disgusting. want to if you want to see somebody vomit, play. <laughs> if, if you if you have, let's say you only have five tokens. Let's say you only have five squirrels on the battlefield, right, Josh? You yeah, have five squirrels. You play Nixborn Ancient for its seven CMC, but you have the uh, um, the Druid on the battlefield. Nix Bloom Ancient, apologies. Nix Bloom Ancient says if you tap a permanent, a permanent for mana, it produces three times as much of that mana instead. So let's do the math. You taps, you have ten squirrels mm-hmm. on the battlefield. You tap Gaia's Cradle. There's thirty mana. Exactly. You tap, and the reason why this is my top card, you tap Circle of Dreams Druid, you make another 30 30. mana. You have the ability to untap Circle of Dreams Druid and Guy's Cradle. You have so much mana Mm -hmm. that you will explode. Like, no matter where, you don't even have to be, like, in the Match the Gathering universe. You could be yep. you as a player. You will explode. I feel this is the, the bare, yeah. green mana. 
Greek green. Um, <laughs> you, you become so small, they might as well start calling you Garrick. Just <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, anyway, back to Circle of Dreams trade. This is a very crazy card. Now, is it easily removable? Yes. Is it very helpful and useful in a game, especially in Commander? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you see someone play this, you need to get rid of it because they're about to pop off. Mm -hmm. Or they've already popped off and they just have this on the battlefield. Yeah. Get rid of this because it's it's gross. It's gross. It's not legal in Popper and not legal in Penny. But in everything else, it is. Mm -hmm. It's it's just... and to be honest, it's not even oh that extended art is oh, it's beautiful pretty, but I mean for a card of this magnitude, the fact that it's still sitting at nine dollars, I would have expected this to be higher. I think exactly. the fact that it's so easily removed is the reason why it's stay staying at this this mm-hmm. price point because it is in fact a creature. Mm-hmm. Whereas Gaia's Cradle is a land, and it's a lot harder to get rid of lands than it is creatures. Yep, because creatures can be removed with direct damage from by combat damage. They can be uh, gotten rid of by like, let's say you have um, um, uh, the card we just talked about, Inferno Star Mounts. Mm-hmm. Get rid of it, or uh, if you have like Terror of the Peaks, creature enters the battlefield, you deal not. Non-combat damage is the word I was looking for. Non-combat damage to Circle of Dreams Druid. This um, immovable rod will shut not only Circle of Dreams Druid down, but it'll shut down Guy's Cradle. Yes. It's fun. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. It does say permanent on that. So It does. So that... There's, creatures are so much easier to get rid of than lands. There are, you, could, you could play things like Strip Mine. To get rid of guy's cradle a movable rod to get rid of guy's cradle you can um into the moon back to basics there are there there are ways to shut down lands non-basic lands get rid of them but they're few and far between compared to creature removal yeah you you really have to play a certain way to be able to shut it down so on the one hand i i'm glad that they designed this card the way that they did mm-hmm to give people a chance to have a slight glimmer of what it's like to play using uh, Guy's Cradle. It's it's pretty good. But it is. those are our 10 cards plus honorary mentions. We had a lot of honorary mentions. We, we did. I mean, there was a lot in this set. This whole set. I, I wish we had time to discuss this whole set because there's so many fun cards in this, so many good cards in this. Mm-hmm. that I thoroughly enjoy it. I, I feel like if if you're wanting to get into magic, this is the set to do it. It's a fun set to draft, mm-hmm. um, a fun set to build around for commander, um, and just just an awesome set. Uh, I would say it's been one of the more exciting ones. Strixhaven was fun. Don't mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I love Strixhaven. I feel Strixhaven. I like Caldheim. Yep. Caldheim was fun. Caldheim was great. Um, man, even Modern Horizons 2, even though it didn't have a story to it, it was just Modern Horizons 2. Yeah. Still a lot of good cards. I mean, 
we we discussed that in our last um, card review channel or card review episode um, mm. with Thrasta, Tempest Roar. Love yeah. it. Love the card. But Adventures in the Forgotten Realms set was just absolutely marvelous. Yeah. Wizards did a great job on this. In my opinion, great I, job. I really there's a, hope. There's a few things that I I personally would like to see tweaked. Like mm -hmm. the non-name dragons felt like they could have been a little different. But other than that, I feel like the set was really well done. Yeah. I, I'm really surprised. Uh, and I'm going to say I'm surprised Tiamat didn't show up on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. I didn't put her on the list because we've seen five color dragons before, yeah. uh, and she's not the most powerful of the five color dragons that we've seen. Like uh, no, dragon, Nickel Bolas. Dragon, Nickel Bolas. No, it's just or Nickel Bolas isn't five color dragons, but uh, still, <laughs> we've seen we've seen a lot more powerful cards. Uh, Team Matt says whenever she enters the battlefield. You get to search your library for five different colored dragons or five dragon cards, reveal them and put them into your hand. Yeah. Um, it it would it would be absolutely broken if you put them on the battlefield. Especially since she cost seven. She cost seven mana, so Wooberg plus two. Mm -hmm. So white, black, blue, green, red, two generic. Um she's a good card, don't get me wrong. I've played against her in arena. But I felt like she she wasn't my personal personal favorite. Yeah, I, I did really enjoy finding the. Uh, so this is the other thing that was my favorite thing out of the set is if you buy packs on the back of the artwork cards. Mm -hmm. If it was like a specific monster, you got the dungeon or the uh, uh, character words. Why can't I freaking speak? The monster. Uh, <coughs> stats on the back of it. Yeah. So I got one that was T Matt, and so I got the T Matt stats on the back of it. So that was really cool. I got so the mimic uh, control. It was awesome. Where is so I'll, for an example? Um, I'll bring up. So here's the Drizzit and Dorden art card. Mm -hmm. There we go. And it's on the back side. Whoop. Oh, oh, not available. Scryfall. Oh, you're killing me. Uh, I've got a couple of them sitting around here somewhere. Somewhere over the rainbow. Don't cancel me, please. Those are all the dungeons. <laughs> um, I moved some stuff around on my desk, so I may not have them just sitting available. I thought I'd have the backside. Oh, 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 um, oh. Oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh. Here we are. That's arts. Arts. Oh, these are all the oh, these are all the artwork cards that didn't have them. So some, uh -huh, some of them. Found one. Oh, found oh, one. Yeah. Kobold. Found my kobold. So on the artwork, it shows the kobold on it. Okay. My camera would zoom in and show, there it is. Wonderful artwork of the kobold. And then on the back, it has the monster stats on it. So Kobold cool. is a small humanoid challenge rating of 1-8, armor class 12, has 5 hit points, speed of 30 feet, attacks as a dagger and a sling, and then it has its stats, which is uh, 7 strength, 8 intelligence, 15 dex, 7 wisdom, 9 cons uh, constitution, and 8 charisma. That's so cool. Kobolds so cool. Kobolds are cute. Uh, I've got the Mimic. Uh, Basilisk, Tiamat, Etten, 
Mind Flare, Owlbear, Purple Worm, Dragon Turtle, Troll, Beholder. And I, I absolutely love the fact that Wizards did that. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Yeah. It, they did such a great job with this this set in general. So it it gives me hope for other potential crossover sets. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So because I, I know did, did there was they're doing like a cyberpunk theme for return to Kamigawa. Mm-hmm. That's going to be cool. I mean, oh, I know see how they do that. You know what I want? If okay, wizards, if you're listening, Gavin Verhey, if you're lit, if you Gavin, this, <laughs> Hey Gavin, <laughs> I, I'm going to call people out. Gavin, Mark Grosswater. <laughs> I want to see a return to Phyrexia set. Kind of like what you did with time spiral remastered. Mm-hmm do a a supplemental set with scars of meriden meriden besieged and new phyrexia uh, what i'm what, what i'm kind of hoping for and what i'm kind of looking at so you know how in kaldheim they had vorinclex right mm-hmm. so i'm thinking in kamigawa they may have jinkataxius if they if they if they are doing what I think they're doing, which you know the omen paths opened up, which is essentially allowing multiple things to planeswalk, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's essentially how Vorinclex got to Kaldheim. If okay. I'm understanding the lore correctly, because the Phyrex, the Praetors, the Phyrexians, they can't planeswalk. Oh, so I'm wondering if somehow opening up the omen paths or another or maybe one of the phyrexians discovered a planar bridge and discovered how to do that if that's what allowed vorinclex to hit kaldheim maybe jinkataxius is in kamigawa or one of the other praetors that that would make sense because i mean like you said we got a new version of vorinclex mm-hmm. so i wonder what plane Elish Norn. I have no clue. All I know is that if we're doing a cyberpunk theme for Kamigawa, Jinga Taxius would kind of fit in that area. I think the one the one thing, and and this will be kind of a good way to wrap it up. The one thing that is coming out. Well, the sale has ended, but I will do a special opening of a certain secret layer that I had to get. Of course. The original Praetors all in Phyrexian. So when I get this, um, expected shipping is for October. I will do a box opening on this channel mm-hmm. with that secret layer. I still have yet to see my Secret layer that I bought back in February. That's not boding well for me. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it's just because it got lost somewhere because I never got an update for it, but I bought the uh the uh um the one with the giants in it. The with the call oh, line. Yeah, right right after they uh right after they banned um Ur- Uro. Uro. Mm-hmm. I bought that one. I've yet to see it. And I bought it specifically so that way I could put the artwork called Heim or the called Heim artwork cards into my giant tribal deck. Yeah. 
Well, wizards, come on. Let's get well, to work. Wizard, wizards don't run the secret layer. That's true. It, it is what it is. If but it yeah, comes, so it comes. It, it'll be an exciting day and maybe do a box opening on that. I may. I may. But anyways, um, <laughs> I believe that's where we're going to end our episode. Yeah. So that, This was fun. If you guys haven't picked this set up, go to your local game shop, support the local game shops. Oh, yes. Pick them up there. But anyways, as always, thank you all for joining. If you like this video, give it a like. If you think, you know, you could do it, you know, have a better combination or better combo or your favorite cards out of this uh, out of this set, leave them in the comments below. I try to go through and read all of them and reply to everybody. So just thank you for being here. And as always, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, this is Nightlight tapping out. Peace.